Make me some mac and cheese. Meet me at the border. Okay, bring Dick Van Dyke or the deal's off. I'm just picturing you, me, and Dick Van Dyke eating mac and cheese at the border of Texas and Louisiana. (laughs) Anyway, I think we should add Rod Serling to that trio because... It's just not right if we hang out with Dick Van Dyke and we don't include the recently deceased Rod Serling. Was he recently deceased? No, but (laughs) comparatively to the history of the world, recently deceased. So we're just going to call it that. Um, Always in our hearts. If we're going to have those two, we have to add Tom Selleck just because it's Tom Selleck. Listen, for those of you who don't know, Jordan is obsessed with Rod Serling, like wants to marry him. He's dead. So that's so creepy. But here is the deal. When I was about five years old, I developed inappropriate crushes on Rod Serling, Dick Van Dyke and Tom Selleck. (laughs) Within the matter of like weeks. And so I feel like those are my three. I don't know what it says about me personally. I have no idea. Don't psychoanalyze me. But I know what it says. But this is a family podcast, so we're not going to go there. Is it? Jordan. <laughs> Welcome to episode three of Park Snobs. Guys, this is going to be a good episode. I'm really excited about this. There have been some recent, I guess, uncoverings about the Magic Kingdom expansion. And we're going to dive into everything that we know, most of it courtesy of the DSNY newscast. Um, which if you haven't watched the show on YouTube, go watch it this second run. Don't walk. It is very good. Um, and one of our favorite shows, but we want to dive into that this episode before that, Jordan, let's talk about some Disney news this week, because we did receive some very exciting product news. What was it? There's a new popcorn bucket. (laughs) Guys, like I told you, groundbreaking news right here. You heard it here first. Disney is debuting the new Skyliner popcorn bucket. It has been released. You can pick it up at various popcorn stands across Epcot. Jordan, what's it shaped like? The Skyliner. (laughs) You can carry your very own popcorn around in your very own mini Skyliner gondola. Featuring Groot and Rocket, Yondu and Cosmo, the Space Dog, and Peter Quill and Gamora. Guys, go pick it up. It's like 19 bucks. You can wear it around and then ride the Skyliner between parks and eat your popcorn from your Skyliner bucket in the Skyliner. That If that is not the most meta thing I've ever heard in my life. Do you know what meta means, Jordan? Uh, Facebook. (laughs) Next. So you're like sitting in the Skyliner eating from your Skyliner bucket. Yes. I understand. Okay. Excuse me. Synopses are firing in Jordan's brain today. I'm excited. We should all be excited. Things are happening. (laughs) It's all happening. Let's talk about what we know about the Magic Kingdom expansion. Jordan, do you want to start? I want to kick off 
this episode with a really cool and exciting fact that I feel like is going to blow everyone's mind. Because I feel like when we hear about expansions at parks, we have really low expectations because we're typically thinking of this very small area um, where we can like throw in, you know, a ride and maybe a popcorn stand that sells awesome Skyliner popcorn buckets. But other than that, we won't have a lot of area. Well, this expansion is actually ranging in size from 17 acres to 21 acres. This is going to be located beyond Big Thunder, um, and we have a lot of land to work with. Now, I think when people hear this, they're going to be picturing that really big swampy you know, area where obviously we can't build, you know, rides on top of the swamp. Um, We can talk about possibilities, solutions to this. We're actually focused on the land beyond the swamp. Um, So think about beyond the marsh, that 17 acres of land. Um, Disney owns all of that property. This is where they're thinking about expanding. And they're already talking about the different lands that will go within this expansion. Encanto, most likely on the right-hand side, Coco, most likely on the left, and then the villains land right at the back of the expansion. Um, so that is the the first piece of news that I have for you today. What do you think about that? So we're looking at 17 to 21 acres in size, right? So it feels, I, I want to say like, obviously that's a ton of land, right? But like in the grand scheme of things, are they really going to be able to fit three different like experiences in 17 acres of land? Like, does that feel a little tight to you? It doesn't. And, you know, I think I have a difficult time actually understanding how big 17 to 21 acres is. Well, let me give you this. I know that 17 acres would bring up the size, would increase the size of Magic Kingdom by 15%. So it's 15% of the existing park that we're adding to it, basically. That Um, feels like a lot. All of Fantasyland, essentially. All of Fantasyland is almost exactly 17 acres in size. Right. Here's what I will say. You know, a a couple episodes ago, I was talking about how Pandora was a little bit disappointing to me because I feel like it really feels very, very small when you step in there. I do think the good news about this is that Encanto and Coco have some very similar themes. So I do feel like maybe that land will actually feel a little bit more expansive as you move between those two you know, areas of the park. I do like the idea of Villain's Land being farthest away from the castle because it, you know, I envision it sitting up on a hill and maybe they have a castle back there that kind of is the antithesis of the beautiful castle in Magic Kingdom, maybe has a little bit of elevation. Um, and so it's really, it has its own little nook back there. Let's talk about rides and attractions within this expansion that we either know are coming or can assume are coming. I want to start with Encanto. What do you think or what do we know will be featured there? Right. So I know during one of the presentations regarding the Magic Kingdom expansion, they were talking a lot about how the Encanto ride was going to involve, you know, uh, Madrigal Casita. And so to me, I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, some kind of trackless ride. I am hoping that Disney is going to take a chance. And instead of Ratatouille, I want them to think 
universal, actually. I want them to think escape from Gringotts because what's so great about Gringotts is no, it's not trackless, but it actually combines the excitement and thrill of a roller coaster with the optimization of screens that really introduce those characters in a very real and authentic way. So to me, I don't want Disney to play it safe. Screens are easy. I really want them to focus on the architecture of the house, introducing really cool elements with, you know, the house is alive and Encanto. So, you know, moving floorboards and beds, you know, and, and windows, you know, opening and closing and speaking to you. I'm really hoping the Imagineers don't play it safe with this ride. Well, we do know Bob Iger loves an Imagineer and we do know that he's not afraid to give them the bandwidth that they need to kind of get creative. Um, He loves to innovate. That's one of his strengths. And so I think that that's not a far cry from what we can potentially expect. There's too much opportunity here to squander it. Madrigal Casita being alive, like there's so much potential there to make it a really awesome ride, a really awesome experience. And if they go with something that's been done before, it will be a little bit of a letdown. And I know we've talked about this all the time. Magic Kingdom doesn't really have that thrill factor, but we've seen them kind of attempt to bring that in, right? And with Tron. So there's a lot of potential there and I really don't want to see them squander that. Um, but who knows? I definitely think, do we know for sure that this is going to be a ride? Like this, is this something that they stated in their announcement of this expansion? This was one of those, this is how we see it playing out kind of remarks where it's not a guarantee. It's not a promise, but it is, you know, uh, kind of like a breadcrumb that they're dropping for everyone to get engaged and excited about. But before we move on to Coco, I actually want to ask you a question. I think this could be kind of fun. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you've seen Encanto and, you know, obviously it's part of what makes Encanto so wonderful is the music and the culture and things like that. But her mother is gifted with healing people through food. So I do kind of feel like that could be a really cool restaurant. Could you see them utilizing some kind of sit-down restaurant in this land? I, again, want to see them go the extra mile with a with a specialty-themed restaurant. There's a lot of opportunity there, again, because the character is built in. Like, just give her a restaurant and let's run with it. But... Um, I could see it being a full service restaurant and I could definitely see it being like Hispanic themed, um, which would be awesome. And, and Magic Kingdom doesn't have anything like that right now. Let's talk about Coco next. Um, I know that there was also the mention of, oh, we could see it including this as a ride. This one is a little bit more exciting. Tell me about it. Right. So this one... Um, was also mentioned in kind of a casual roundabout way. So no guarantee this ride is happening, but the idea is the um, visitors will be flying on the back of an alabrije in the land of the dead. Um, And there is some chatter that this may mirror flight of passage, which is the most exciting news ever. (laughs) Best ride ever. I know we just said, oh, innovate, do something different. Don't play it safe. But if you guys want to use the flight of passage technology to replicate that 
entire experience, but just make it cocoa. Let's do it. I'm down 100%. No need to innovate here. Let's just keep it because flight of passage, best ride ever. I agree. The only thing that I'm wondering if it will translate, there are a couple things. You know, when you think about Avatar, that movie is kind of geared toward older teens and adults. Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes sense that the height requirement is what, 48 inches? So is it maybe it's 44 inches? Um, I believe it is. But at the same time, it is geared toward the older, you know, audience that visits Disney World. So is there a way to make this attraction friendlier to the younger crowd? Is there a way to make it safer or make the technology, you know, meet the requirements of safety for kids who are, say, 42 inches tall? Um, I'm saying this because Ryder obviously is 42 inches tall and, you know, he just barely missed the height requirement for Flight of Passage. But when I was writing it, I kind of understood why it did feel too advanced for him. So I am wondering if there's a way to, or if they're even interested in making this ride available to younger kids. Furthermore, this question may be more important. Is it going to translate if we're having, you know, flight of passage, which the screens make you feel like you're actually there because it's not all CGI. I think a lot of it was actually, I, well, I mean, it probably is all CGI, but it's made to feel like you're actually there, whereas Coco is a cartoon. So, or cartoon, I guess, in, in the modernized sense. Is it going to feel as exciting since you f- you're fully aware that you're in this, you know, um, Pixar, Disney style animated film? What do you think? I... I- Absolutely. I think that that's part of the magic of Disney World. Like half of Disney is cartoons, especially like 10 years ago, most of it was cartoons. So like you could fully immerse yourself in the experience and still enjoy it while knowing I'm an actual human and not a cartoon. (laughs) Um, But I think Coco has to appeal and be available to younger kids and a younger audience because that's who it was made for to begin with. They're not going to create a ride that younger kids can't enjoy. Um, And I don't know what that entails. I don't know if that means just make it like, give it a little bit less movement, Um, make the, you know, the actual apparatus that you're riding on um, easier for kids to comfortably sit in safely. I, I don't know what that looks like, but I think that the use of the same technology does transfer. We could utilize the same concept and just gear it towards a younger audience and a shorter audience. (laughs) (laughs) It's good news for us. Well, okay. Let me ask you another question similar to Encanto. Is there a restaurant that you could see being built here? Um, And if so, what would that look like? I really don't know. I would assume, I would assume in this entire expansion, there will likely be you know, quick service restaurants and maybe one or two full service restaurants. And I would imagine, like, I would really love for Coco to be, you know, to offer one of the quick service restaurants so we could save another full service restaurant for the villains land. I think it would be so cool to have them just like, maybe like a character dinner. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Read my mind. Um, so yeah, I feel like quick service is where, uh, Coco could really, you know, offer some, some food. And I really pray it's better than most of the quick service places in magic kingdom because they're all trash. Um, trash. 
actual trash. Well, Liberty Don't Tree Tavern is good. Literally, what was the one, the last one that we ate at that was so bad, so bad? Uh, Bill's. Pecos Bill. Pecos Bill's. Pecos Bill. Ugh. I'm going to vom just thinking about it. It's so you know, terrible. People love that place. People actually yeah. love it. People are psychos, so <laughs> no pass. They don't get a pass. If you love Pecos Bill, um, here's the thing. Here's the out. thing. Here's the thing about Pecos Bills, though. It's more affordable, and there are a lot of food options. So parents with kids, really picky kids, they have a lot of options there. And with wives with really picky husbands who just want nachos, I mean, I'm not talking <laughs> about anyone in particular. Right. I'm just saying, <laughs> if all you want to eat all the time is nachos, then Pecos Bills isn't like the worst place in the world. Obviously, it's not my favorite. It's not my cup of tea. You and I always talk about wanting to do sit-down restaurants anyway, but I do understand with young kids, I mean, my so much has changed since, you know, in the past three years since I was last host of this podcast. Like going to <laughs> Disney World with Ryder at the age he's at, things are really falling into place for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a kid, I remember not wanting to stop to eat. Like let's right. eat as quickly as possible so I can get to the next attraction. I totally get that. But yeah. let's not feed people trash. Okay. That's my only request with Coco. I have no ideas. My only idea is make it good edible food. All I'm going to say is I'm really excited by the possibility of more and better Mexican food coming to Disney World. Because even oh, though I love San and Helen, love it. I will say we need more Mexican food in Disney World. We are from Texas. We are Mexican food snobs. Please check out our other podcast called Mexican <laughs> Food Snobs. <laughs> I was hoping we, you would say that. I just want, I want like queso. Like I want, okay, maybe that's Tex-Mex, but let's do like a traditional Mexican restaurant plus queso and then I'll be happy. Queso Blanco. Okay. And if we could also offer the avocado margarita right. from Cava de Tequila in Mexico at Epcot, if we could also carry that over, that would be fabulous. Then maybe, maybe I can stomach a trash quick service restaurant. So, okay. So let's move on. Let's talk about Villains Land. This one is the most exciting. The most exciting for, I, I actually agree with you. I am not a Halloween person. I'm not, you know, the, the only villain that I really like isn't even really a villain. It's Snape. And I feel like he's Snape. not, you know, Snape. he's Severus Snape. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> you can't do it by yourself. I was going to come in with the Dumbledore. You should have trusted me. Ron, Ron, Ron Weasley, Dumbledore. Ron. Run, run. Ryder goes, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, and his whole body shakes. <laughs> so cute. Okay. What I will say is that I'm not like the biggest villains fan in the world, but I love that Disney created these characters that are so easy to just root against. And they actually teach, like, I'm talking specifically about the OG villains. Yeah. Um, they, they offered so many valuable life lessons that taught kids a lot of stuff about, like, regarding character. And, you know, it's not just kindness. I think it's important that kids Maleficent, actually. Cruella, 
Ursula. There were so Jafar, so many great classic Disney villains. And you just know as a kid, like immediately they're bad. I don't want to be anything like that. And so I really do love the the message behind the villains, but I really also love that they're going to create an entire area of the park dedicated to them because there is a level of excitement when it comes to the villains. I mean, they make the movies what they are. And so let's pay homage to them, you know? And so it's really cool. And the idea of like attractions within the villains area of Magic Kingdom is so exciting. Like when we talk about thrill factor, that in itself, like you don't necessarily, the ride doesn't have to be a roller coaster to be thrilling when we're talking about it featuring villains. I agree with you, but here's my thing. It's already going to be kind of scary. So let's go ahead and make it a roller coaster. (laughs) If it's going to, it's already going to be too scary for kids who don't meet that 42 inch requirement, most likely. So why don't we just make it full on? It doesn't have to be, you know, the biggest roller coaster ever. It doesn't have to be a Hagrid's, even though I wouldn't cry. Um, I just feel like it needs to be something that is both thrilling and really exciting because it's already going to be a little scary. Uh, What I picture for, I I kind of assume they're just going to do one big attraction, even though I hope they do a couple. But if they do one big attraction, I kind of think it's going to be a track roller coaster that is, you know, mostly heavily focused on the storylines themselves. And each new turn will be entering the world of a different villain. So it's not going to be just, you know, a, a roller coaster for Cruella or Ursula or Maleficent. It's going to include kind of all of them. That's what I envision. They haven't told us anything. I really envision that too. And when you mentioned Hagrid's, I could kind of see it. You know how you're on Hagrid's roller coaster and you along the way encounter all of these magical creatures. I could see it so clearly being very similar and just entering the different dwellings of these villains. Or maybe at the beginning, you're walking through a queue and it's like the villain's um convention not a convention but you know what I mean like all the villains are gathering together and you're trying to save Disney World from like the villains you know all coming together I could totally see it like clear as day and so I really hope that they do bring all of them together and kind of feature them in this one uh, attraction whatever it may be Um, there's so much to work with there and I think it could be really sweet I could see last note I could see so clearly that scene where Maleficent is like climbing up the castle, you know, she's big and bloated in her final form and then like knocking us with her tail. Maybe we're on some flying object. Maybe Peter Pan is our guide and we're flying or something and then knocking us off. We fall off the cliff and we go down into the water and all of a sudden there's Ursula hanging out with her little squiddy friends. I see it, right? Me too. Yes. You know, I feel like would I rather take the one amazing ride with the fantastic queue that includes all of the characters or do I want two little shrimpy rides to be squeezed into there? I'm taking the big mama jama ride. I also think it's going to be a scary land. Let's go all out. Let's make it a roller coaster. Yes. Go hard or go home. Go broke and then go home. That's our motto. So I think let's just line them up and kill two birds with one stone. I love this idea. Let's do a big. Let's do a Bob, big. Bob, are you listening? Bob, paging Bob. $17 million. <laughs> Billion. 
Billion. Billion with B. <laughs> what are we going to do with 17 measly million dollars? It'll buy us like two popcorn buckets. No, you know what that would do? It would build um, a second Dumbo ride, except each of the carriages is a villain. And that's what the villain's attraction True. is. Or another teacups. Like, oh, I'm an Ursula's teacup. I've had one too many teacups in my life. I'm done with the teacups. Okay, moving on. What's next? What are we talking about? So... I also really quickly want to touch on what, speaking of Bob, he claimed that he is very, very bullish on the theme parks and he wants to increase capacity. Do we think the entire $17 billion over the next 10 years that they mentioned on the Q1 earnings call, does that go entirely into this expansion? Like, is the majority of that $17 billion being allocated to the Magic Kingdom expansion? I definitely don't think so. Um, there are DSNY newscasts to mention um, the channel again, does a fantastic job of breaking down just how much $17 billion is. It's really hard for us, you know, common folks to actually wrap our mind speak around for that yourself. much. <laughs> speak for yourself. Morgan the billionaire may be able to speak on this a little bit better. Um but I, I think that we still can have hopes for potentially um, a new park, maybe eventually. That's my hope. I think it's time. I think Disney definitely, while the expansion is exciting, I'm just going to come out and say it. It's not enough to keep up with their competitor, which is, you know, obviously Universal. Universal building Epic. Um, that's a new park with some really exciting lands and a ton of area they're working with. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, you know, we've been posting some of these, uh, snapshots of what's going on over there regarding construction. This, you know, Nintendo land is a, a new area that I think is going to draw massive crowds, fantastic beasts, how to train your dragon. Disney is throwing three lands into 17 acres. It's not big enough to compete. It will draw crowds to Magic Kingdom, but not necessarily all of the parks. I'm sure there will be some increase. But can the other parks handle that capacity-wise? Probably not. I think Disney needs to get really creative and start moving fast. I think they need to have, you know, a lot more in the pipeline when they release more information regarding you know, what they see coming to the parks in the next couple of years. So yeah, I will say, I don't think the $17 billion has even scratched the surface when it comes to, you know, what we can see from Disney in the next 10 years. That being said, I do get nervous that they are just feeding us what we want to hear right now, because all of the information we're getting are these little nuggets of information. It's not enough to keep us you know, convinced that all of these exciting prospects are actually going to come to fruition. So we're going to have to see. Yeah. And Disney's just been so hot and cold with progression lately. Like they take two step, two steps forward and one step back, it seems. And so who knows? There have been hints at another park as we've discussed in previous podcasts, but Obviously, they're not going to give us anything that we can hold them to at this point. $17 billion is a ton of money, and they're not going to des designate 10 years prior exactly where that money is going to go. So I totally understand being a little tight-lipped about that. But you know, they did cut spending this year. So for the rest of the fiscal year, they have cut spending, which does lend itself to the idea that potentially we're not looking at construction on this expansion until at the very earliest, the beginning of their next fiscal year, which is in October. So we have 
a significant amount of time to wait until this happens. Whereas, you know, Universal and Epic Universe is slated to open in 2025. So the progress needs to happen. And like you said, it needs to happen fast because uh, these parks are neck and neck as it stands right now. And some of you might disagree. Uh, We ran a poll on our Instagram that um, I think a lot of people said that they're pretty much even, but Disney did, did win out in that poll as well. It did, but let me point something out. It was pretty much a 50-50 split when it came to people saying, okay, Disney World is better, or the other 50 were in the camps of Disney and Universal are tied or Universal is better. So when you think of it that way, it's Mm -hmm. kind of evenly split. Um, So yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Here's my advice to Disney if they want to keep saving money. Stop making lame movies. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. I feel like you can make some great movies. I don't really understand what we're doing with Toy Story 5. That's kind of weird because like the story ended really nicely. They just, they're struggling. So they're going back to what they know works. Frozen 3 is coming out as well. I want to see some new movies. I want to, I'm sorry. I want to see some princesses. Like I want the princess movies back. I want to have some of those OG movies with the great villains that we were just talking about. Bring back our villains. Let's make a good movie. And then let's put like all of the money into the parks because that's what we really want to focus on. There's a reason Disney was so prolific and prominent for so long. Sometimes when you find something that works, you don't need to overhaul it every five years. If it works, it works. There's a reason Disney adults like us exist, right? And it's not because they won us over in the past five years, you know? So maybe a little, you know, dip back into the roots. I'm not saying revert entirely. Of course not. Progress is wonderful, but dip back into what we know has worked for centuries every so often. And I think that's the recipe for success right there. We will see. Um, Jordan, I want to get to the part of our episodes where we shout out a Disney account or a Universal account that we really think people should check out. And I want to give that to you. Great. So today we want to shout out Magic Alley. That's A-L-L-I. We've spoken to Allie a few times. She's fantastic. She's a really talented photographer. She shoots a lot of weddings at Disney. She is an influencer for, you know, everything Disney, Disney merch. Well, and also if you're planning a Disney wedding or if you know someone who's planning a Disney wedding, what a great option for a photographer, right? Yeah, she's fantastic. I mean, her pictures are so, so beautiful. So go check her out, Magic Alley, A-L-L-I. And, like magically? Um, like magically? Get it? Really? I didn't Obviously. get Magically? Yeah, of course. But her name's Allie, so it's Magic Alley, but it's, get it? Magically. Wow. That just blew my mind. <sighs> wow. Courtesy of your big sister. What else is new? Teaching you uh, stuff every single day. I hate you to say welcome. it, but you're right. You're exactly right. You do teach me so much. Yes. You really do. You're welcome. You are welcome for bestowing my intelligence upon you. It's like when you taught me how to jailbreak my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I taught you a lot of stuff that should not be repeated. So. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We always have a blast with you. 
I don't want you guys to forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, hit up parksnobs.com. We'll be blogging a ton there. We'll be launching our YouTube channel soon. So there's a lot of awesome stuff coming. And Jordan, tell them what else they can do. Leave us a five-star review. If you don't do it, we're going to write your parents a personal email and make up rumors about you. It's going to be awful. (laughs) Avoid the rumors at all costs. Leave us a five-star review. And we will see you guys next week for another episode of Park Snobs. Don't forget to get your Skyliner popcorn bucket.